We are live, and we are live from the International. Once again. Once again, this is episode, Jesus Christ, episode 40. 40. Episode 40. And wow. We talk about a special Where band. Where did you go, man? Uh, I, I don't know. We, we, we only like 10 more episodes before, uh, before the 50. 50th episode. The half a century mark. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't believe we did these, many of these, how many uh, bands. Every week, man. We've been doing it. Um... Who are we talking about today, Rock? We're talking about the uh, punk rock band GBH from England. Yeah. Um, part of the whole, like, what used to be called the UK 82 scene. Um, basically, it, 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 this, that scene revolved around GBH, the exploited uh, band called Discharge, uh, another band called the Verrukers. They're kind of all part of that scene. Um, basically, GBH started in 1978. And original members were Colin Abraham on vocals, Colin, uh, also known as Jock Blith, on guitar, Sean McCarthy on bass. Okay, now he would be replaced after two gigs by Ross Lomas, okay, after two shows, and he became the drummer. Uh, and he's been the drummer ever since. Well, not, I'm sorry, the bass player, the, bass. the drummer, yeah. Uh, and the drummer was uh, Andy Wilf Williams. Now they were all from Birmingham, England. And once again, we're talking about another Birmingham band, uh, real blue collar town. Um, basically, in those days, um, in, in Birmingham, really all you could be was a, a, a football player, which would be so- soccer, right? And over there, at, right? Or, uh, a, or a musician. Otherwise, you were going to be stuck working in the factories. Exactly. You know, so it's a, it's a very blue-collar town, heavy drinking, a lot of pubs and stuff like that. Black Sabbath, the episode we did a few weeks ago, we talked about that. They were from Birmingham, too. Um, Ross Lomas, okay, uh, the bass player. Now, he wrote a book recently called City Baby and uh, really talked about the upbringing, what it was like in Birmingham. Uh, what it was like in the schools and how they, you know, kids were treated. It's just no wonder that you have this like hard rock, punk rock scene in Birmingham. I mean, the, the stories that he talked about growing up where the teachers were beating the shit out of them, the teachers were sexually abusing people, uh, you know, eventually he just quit school altogether. And really, you know, bounced around. He, he, he was a milkman for a little while. Well, actually, when he started in GBH, he was a milkman. So that was like a joke. joke you know? yeah. <laughs> but uh, hey, do what you got to do, you know. Exactly. Now, that, that, that UK82 movement, like I said, revolved around the exploited, discharge, and GBH. Now, GBH, the, do you know what it means, Jerry? What does GBH stand for? Do you remember? I, I don't remember. I know it's Great Britain. No, no, no. no. A lot of people think that. A lot of people think that. It's, it, it's, it's, it, GBH is, stands for Grievous Bodily Harm. And it's a charge in England that you can get. Uh, like, we have assault here. Yeah, didn't, they, the, they, didn't the lead singer the, got the bass, it? The bass player, the bass player got the, that The original, the original bass yeah. player, Sean McCarthy. Yeah. Got that charge. He had that charge on him, so they called it that. Originally, the band was called Charged. GBH. Yeah. Okay, that was the, the original title for the band. Um, the, the thing with the UK82 movement, pretty much all these bands had a common theme. 
All right, uh, GBH was was part of this where they, they talked about nihilistic ly lyrics. They were complaining about life in England at that time, the European culture, uh, things they didn't like. The government, um, everybody was against Margaret Thatcher and you know stuff like that. Kind of like what you saw over here with the punk bands against Reagan. Uh, this is the same thing. Why did they call them an English street punk band? What was their well, name? Well, Instead of just being a punk band, but they called them, they were like the pioneer of street punk. street punk. Because it was kind of like the, the second generation. Uh, some of the, the first generation kids, I don't know if you really would have called them street punks. Some definitely were. But uh, the second generation in England, you had this movement of like just kids with like no lives. Really pissed off. Very like I'm rebellious. saying, like in, Bur in Birmingham, yeah. it was really blue collar. It's kind of like Detroit over here. Yeah. And Detroit in America always pumped out a lot of hard rock yeah. bands, the heavy, he more heavier stuff than you'd see in other places. So Birmingham was very much the same. So you had this street punk movement there. And it just was natural, you know. Yeah, just like they didn't give a around. fuck, basically. They a lot of fighting. They just cruised around, you know, basically. You know, a lot of fighting. A lot of fights, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, one one band that influenced GBH big time, and if you know their music, you could hear it, is Motorhead. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, basically, you know, Motorhead is kind of like that line, and we talked about it during the Motorhead episode, between punk and heavy metal. Yeah. All right, so, you know, they, they walked that line perfectly their whole career. Yeah, because it was like punk rock, punk rock. It was punk rock as well as metal uh -huh. that they did. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I mean, eventually GBH would change their sound a little bit. Not much. They kept their sound pretty solid. But some of the other bands like The Exploited, they they would experiment more with speed metal. GBH did yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you had the Discharge, the Broken Bone, the Explorer, and mm -hmm. what was the other one? The Vac... The Verrucas. The who? The Verrucas. Verruca. What the fuck does that stand for? It's just a Verruca is some something in English, England. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's their version yeah. of a Mongoloid. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I like that. Let's <laughs> start a band called the Mongoloids. Oh yeah. Also, don't forget. Let's not forget uh, who? Uh, the other band that played a lot with uh, Exploited. Uh, it came to America not too long ago. Who are we talking about? I hate people. Uh, that song. Oh yeah. Anyway. Anyway. There's so back. many bands. Sometimes you just can't remember. You know, Anti Nowhere League. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Anti Nowhere League. Yeah. They were a little bit later on. Yeah, later they were on, more man. like '84, I think. Right. Were yeah. They? Like in the '80s. Yeah. Yeah. But they were definitely influenced by that. Um, GBH started playing out at like the 100 Club, okay, uh, in London. They were playing there often. And often with Discharge, that, that was one band they, they teamed up with a lot. Now the guys from Discharge got signed to Clay Records, and at that point GBH wasn't signed yet, and um, they were all friends, so they had a demo out actually, and they gave the demo to the guys from Discharge, and Discharge gave it to Clay Records, and that's how they got signed to Clay. Uh, there was a, a show where uh, Ross, uh, Ross Lamas, the bass player, uh, missed like three quarters of the gig. He showed up late. He showed up late for some reason, and they went on without him, without a bass player. And it just happened to be that night the, the CEO, president of, of Clay Records was going to be there. So it was like they thought they totally blew it that night because they didn't even have a bass player. But then some guy came in 
they they didn't even, up. Some guy came in like at the end of the show and was like, "Oh, great show, guys!" And they were like, "Thanks. Who are you? Oh, I'm I'm from Clay Records." So he, he he saw me, thought they were great anyway without the bass player. Wow. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. When they when they got signed, they immediately started working on a, on a, their first LP, and that would be called "City Baby Attacked yeah. by Rats." Right. Which is a great, great album. Great album. Uh, the artwork on that is cool. Also, I like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. That album was a big hit. It got to number seventeen in the UK charts. Um, it, again, it was it was critical of. Uh, it was different lyrically than what you'd seen in in other bands. The way they they, they lyrically would talk about life in England. Uh, it was very nihilistic. They didn't feel they had much going for them in their lives because other than music. You know, really, that's, that was going to be their whole life. And um, they were complaining about European culture and, and traditions and uh, the Thatcher administration, and they felt they were being screwed over. Uh, but they would also touch on other things. Like, there's a song called uh, Passenger on the Menu. Remember that song off their first album? That's on their first album. Yeah, do you remember what that song's about? No. Passenger on the Menu? No. It's about the... Um, Uruguayan Air Force Flight 571 that crashed into the Andes yeah. in 1972. Oh, and when yeah. they had the rugby team and they ended up eating each other, they had to become cannibals to stay alive. They were, they were I heard that they, it was in holes. Right? Yeah, yeah, they were stuck in the Andes yeah, in South America. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they actually resorted to cannibalism. Um, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. They did tour America with this album uh, for the first time. And uh, all the punk clubs they hit, uh, they were a big hit over here right away when they first came. That hard driving sound, uh, they were no nonsense. They, they, a lot of Americans, out of all those bands, I think, turned on to say the exploited and GBH the most. Right? Don't you think? I mean, the, I believe you know, the exploited. The exploited had that had that imagery of the skull with the mohawk. Okay, yeah, like exactly. that was that, that was, was kind of the album, right? With yeah. the skull. Yeah, that was, and that was, I guess, Wadi's the singer, Wadi's Mohawk, you know. But uh, if you if you were listening to punk rock in the early '80s, '81, '82, that image of the exploited really symbolized what punk rock was in America and England at that point. Uh, it had gone from bands like. The Sex Pistols and stuff were no longer around, and it just this second generation was was out there, you know. Yeah. Right. Now um, they would tour a lot in America on this album. Uh, you were looking at tracks like Time Bomb, uh, the, the title track, uh, the, the title track uh, City Baby Attack by Rats, you know, great song. Um, Sick Boy. I'm a sick boy. Uh, there was a song yeah. called Maniac. Maniac. Maniac <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, it was a bit, it was a big hit. Um, they, they they rode for about a year on that album and it did very well in England. At least it got to number seventeen. Didn't make much of a blip here, but it was still kind of like percolating here. You know, bands like The Exploited and, and GBH and Discharge were all starting to get popular in America. Uh, Nineteen eighty three, they would come out with the sequel, City Babies Revenge. And uh, that had the great tracks, uh, Diplomatic Immunity, and the famous Drug Party in 526. <laughs> One of my favorite songs from them. Uh, they also did a good cover of the Stooges' I Feel Alright on that album. And, uh, you know, 
1970, I feel all right. Yeah. yeah. Now, just a little side note, I saw a commercial today on Facebook that the first Stooges album is being re-released digitally with like extra tracks and Rhino's putting out. It's the 50th anniversary of that fucking thing. Oh, the 50th thing. anniversary? Wow. Believe that shit? That's a long time, man. Yeah. Oh, dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, you know what? I forgot to introduce you, Jerry. I'm sorry. No, okay. it's, okay. You've been, it's okay. You've been on the show a bunch of times. I figured everybody knew you, but this is very Jerry. Big, very big, big guy Thank in the hardcore you. scene down here for years, so he's always good to talk to when we're talking about hardcore punk rock. Um, that album did very well, the second one, City Baby's Revenge. Uh, I love the name of those albums. Yeah, the first two, I think, are the best. Totally. Um, the first album was a great title. They, they, they we went on, they went on, we were just that. talking about that. Uh, you know, that album, I love the artwork too, on both of those. They use the same, the album. they use the same artwork. Uh, the second album, they would go on tour yeah, with the Exploited, a band called Chelsea, a band called the Toy Dolls, and a band called the Destructors, which were really all part of that UK 82 movement. Uh, by the way, UK 82 is a song by the Exploited. Okay. Um, I, gotta, a, I gotta ask you one question. Yeah. This band, like, why the hell did this band go to so many drummers? What was the deal with the drummer? I don't know. Oh, the, the I, I, you know the, yeah, well, the lineup no, was always the same, the, except the same, for the drummers. The drummers. Oh, the drummers. They had a lot of problems with. Uh, I, you know, I, I think because uh, they were constantly on tour. All right, and I think as a drummer, touring is probably the hardest. Right, you're constantly breaking down, setting up. Right, and if you're doing not only that, but, but I, I was, I was thinking back then. You know, a lot of the punk rock bands. Uh, drummers, like uh, especially drummers, they had a lot of issues with fightings and you yeah. know, and uh, not being able to get visas to come to the states, you know. So they had a yeah. Hire, I mean, you, 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 the, street, the street punk, the street punk movement definitely meant you probably had a criminal record. Exactly. You know, I like oh, yeah. you know, like the exploited used to have problems getting visas coming here because Wadi had a fucking criminal record. Oh, big time. Okay, and uh, but. These guys played in the U.S. a few times. They did. GBH yeah, they, did. They, 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 they always the played. Yeah. Oh, always played. They were here. You know? They, they, they were here not that long ago. A couple years ago. A couple years ago, they were here, too. But I'm talking, we're talking about back, back, back then. then. Yeah, yeah, back then. When they, came. they had pretty good commercial success pretty quick. You well, the know, first album the got to number 17. Yeah. And uh, the second album did well also. Uh, you know... This movement, it, it, it was, I think it scared the shit out of the, you know, the UK establishment. It was like, oh no, we got another punk scene starting here. And uh, it, it was really a continuation of the first one, but it was just ramped up a notch, really, as far as violence and stuff like that. Um, and you had that skinhead element to some of it, you know, which was, which was a problem. Um, I remember they were almost like the groupie in soccer. They were almost like the goons in like what is yeah. well, the these guys were soccer? these guys the were all, the hooligans. Yeah, no, I mean yeah. they, these were the type of people that were attracted to this music, you know. And again, I mentioned it before. You know, Birmingham, where they were from, you either had two choices to get out of Birmingham: you'd be a footballer, or you would play music. Otherwise, you were stuck working in a factory, and your life was fucking shit. You know, so that's what these guys chose to do, play music. Uh, it would be tough, you know. Um, it's, a, it's a tough life, but they chose that. And I, you know, GBH is one of these bands that I have a lot of respect for because they, they constantly pumped out good albums, constantly toured behind it, very professional, always delivered. I saw them three times over the years, and 
never let you down. Always a good show. And but you know, in the early days, the last time I saw them was about. I want to say six years ago, maybe something like that. Seven years ago, I think it was after. Might be no, might have been close to the ten, because I know they released an album in 2017, and I didn't see them. And I think the one before that was in 2010. So it was like almost ten years already. But the, 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 the level of violence was a little less because they're older now. But as far as like a, you know a band from that era playing now, it still was crazy. There was a lot of slamming going on. And this is yeah, now. This mosh, is in the last. Mosh pits oh, shit, mosh, so. in, oh, the mosh I'm talking mosh pits in the back of the club, not just in front of the stage. Everywhere. Everywhere. See, the only problem we had was that, that we had the other movement with the skinheads. What caused problems? Caused big fight and yeah. riots. Yeah. There was a gig, um, and we were talking about this a little while ago. I know you, you were in the, I think you were in California, probably in the Marines at this point, right? Exactly. Uh, but around 85, 86, um, GBH came to America, but also the, the Exploited did too. And uh, I remember getting tickets for a show that we didn't know if it was going to happen or not at the Ritz because there was always that problem with the, the Exploited getting visas. So it turned out the show got on. And I think the Cro-Mags opened up. Wow. Okay. And I got there a little late, so I didn't see them. I remember the show was packed. And uh, I, I was in there. I was like 17. I got in there with fake ID and all that shit. And, and, and that's at the Ritz. And right? I was at the Ritz on 11th Street, now Webster Hall. Right. And I just remember walking in there and the Exploiter going on and just a contingency of like 50 fucking skinheads coming in, swinging. Swinging. I mean, you had to run. Yeah. I mean, I was like, I just ran to the back of the fucking place and watched the show from there. And everybody was beating their shit out of everybody. Yeah, let me ask you a question. How yeah. was the show in the Hundred Club where they played the Hundred Club? Well, the, you know, that was uh, that was a punk rock club. I mean, that's where the, the punk rock originated. All like the Damned and the Pistols all played there. Yeah. You know, but this was a couple of years later. They did well. They were very popular. It still was kind of like a CBGB's type of place in London where the punk bands could play. Okay, they still would have festivals and things like that. And, it, you know, it was, a, it was a cool place. It was kind of like it was already established as a, as a punk rock club okay. at that point. You know? So that uh, pretty much was the UK version of CBGB. Yeah, but it didn't last as long. <laughs> you know? But, yeah, in the beginning it was. Now, Rob, I'm very disappointed in you this morning. I know you're lumped up, but I don't have anything alcoholic in front oh, of me right now. Oh, what the hell now. do you want? I I'd like a, a vodka and soda. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, can't get beside up. myself, I can't think. We, we actually had people here. But, That's yes, what I do. You got busy. You got busy. It's okay. I know you got lumped up last night, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I was talking before about the, uh, the second album, 1983, City Baby's Revenge, where they went on tour with the exploited toy doll Chelsea and the Destructives uh, and that would be part of the Carlisle Punk Festival which was a big thing they did, thing, yeah, that they did in, in England yeah and they were all part of that GBH and the other bands 1984 they would drop the charged part of their name Okay, and just use GBH. Thank you, sir. They just made it just call it GBH. Just GBH at that point. They dropped the name Charged. Yeah, because um, they were making fun of the charge, right? Like the I, charge. I guess. <laughs> I guess. I, I, never, I never found out why. Um, it was at this point that they would depart from Clay Records and move over to Rough Justice Records. Is that where they did the Midnight Madness album? Yes, Midnight Madness and Beyond. And Beyond. Right. Now, they also, at this point, uh, got the German drummer 
K Reader, okay. Uh, he was there, the drummer from Germany that they picked up because the original drummer left. Yep. Okay, it would be the beginning of a bunch of shit that would happen with them. Um, this album is good. I, I, I remember buying this when it came out in 86. Midnight Madness and Beyond is a yellow cover, kind of like with the black background. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you had songs like Limp Wristed. Uh, the title track, Guns and Guitars. That's a great, future, that's a great Future Fugitives. <laughs> Limp Wristed was a great fucking song. <laughs> Limp Wristed. No, not Limp Wristed, Limp Wristed. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know? Um, it was that year also they would come out with an EP called Oh No, It's GBH Again. The 12 inch EP out on uh, Rough Justice. And this would be a, a prolific time for them. Uh, they had this, this really good German drummer, and they would do three albums with him. Uh, you had 1987's No Need to pa- uh, No Need to Panic, 1989 A Fridge Too Far, as opposed, as opposed to Bridge. I mean, it was always like with jokes with them that there was, you know, drunken alcoholic jokes like the fridge was too far away. They had that song Alcohol also. Remember that song Alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Um, 1989 would be a fridge too far 1990 would be from here to reality so they were pumping out albums pretty much every year every other year at this point uh, 1992 they would come out with Church of the Truly Warped which was a great album uh, they had a new drummer again named Joseph Fish Montaro. He was an American, American guy. American guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The first American guy to ever play. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. I played with him, definitely. Now, this would... Um, this album on, on Rough Justice uh, would be kind of a de- little bit of a departure from the punk sound. They experimented a little bit in speed metal. A few tracks on there sounded like that. Uh... That album would really only be, to me, the only one where they would do a little speed metal. Which one is that? The uh, yes. the one called um, uh, Church of the Church Truly of the Warped. Warped. That one that one's a little more metalish than than the other stuff. Bands like The Exploited at that point were were and, and Discharge were experimenting with metal a little bit more. Uh, I remember seeing The Exploited uh, three times. No, excuse me, two times. The second time, they sounded a lot more metal than they did the first time. You know, they don't come around that much anymore either. Um, what do you think about Punk Junkies? I thought that was a great punk, name. Yeah, for, uh, yeah, yeah, they had switched labels at that point, and they, were, they got off of Rough Justice, and they got on something called We Bite Records. That album came out in 96. Um, yeah, that was, that was a good album. They went, it was a kind of return to more of a yeah. punk sound. They only really had that one album to me that sounded more speed metal. Uh, and again, this would be a point where they would kind of be... Uh, changing labels a little bit. Yeah. All right, so this was on uh, We Bite Records. Then in 2002, they would come out with uh, an album called Ha Ha. Ha Ha. Okay, and that would be on Go Kart Records. Uh, 2004, they would come out with an album called Cruel and Unusual, and that would be on the uh, Idol Records. Now, I think at this point, they uh, they changed drummers again or something. I'm trying to remember now. There was another drummer in between. With the last album, they did. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they they. I know the last album they had a new drummer. Oh yeah, yeah. This last one, right? Yeah. But like 2004, 
this was on Go-Kart Records. Oh, no, excuse me, Idol Records. Idol Records. Cr- Why did they change labels so much? Because they were probably just getting, you know, their, their popularity was down a little bit, so yeah. they weren't getting, like, multi-record deals. You just got to keep fucking changing, you know? So they kept changing uh, record labels. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, okay. Now, there was a show, like I said, that exploited show where everybody was kicking ass, but I actually saw them around the same time at a little club, this is GBH, a little, a little club called Sundance. Do you remember Sundance? Out on Long Island in Bayshore? I've never been there, but I heard you remember it, 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 right? I remember it. Okay. Because yeah. in, 80, in, 80, in 86, I was, in 87, I was living out there. Okay? And, uh, yeah, it sucked. Okay, but I was living out there, and Sundance was a place that a lot of bands would come through. And what was cool about it was, it was easy to get tickets. Okay, never nothing. I mean, things sold out, but you could still get tickets. It was easy, um, and it was just a small club. Small so you, club. you yeah, so you would see. It wasn't like going to the Ritz where you wouldn't get close to these guys. The, you know, it was very cool. I remember seeing GBH there, um, and I think, I think the Cro-Mags played with them again out there. I'm trying to remember. There was a lot of shows that all those guys did with the Cro-Mags. That UK eighty yeah, two scene. Yeah. You know, had, I should. We got to talk to Paris about it. No, you know? they always had. I, I I'm very sure, like you know, like with Rock Hotel, right? GBH. Yeah. Um, was Cro-Max too? Yeah. So anytime those 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 bands would come, the Cro-Mags would play with them. Yeah, pretty much. I remember yeah. the Cro-Mags being on, you know, on the bill. It'd be good to have uh, 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 Paris here. He knows about that. Yeah. We yeah. go back that long. Yeah. I know. I know. And Paris was was playing with them. Exactly. April 2010, they would come out with an album called Perfume and Piss. Perfume and Piss. Okay, great, great title. <laughs> and th- great now, title. do you know who produced this album? Who? Rob? No. Your favorite dude. Who? Lars Fredrickson from Rancid. Oh. Our <laughs> <laughs> favorite dude. Okay. Okay. <laughs> being, being sarcastic. Being sarcastic. Uh, actually, Lars, Lars was friends with GBH. So he he volunteered to produce for them. He produced he produced a lot of bands, and it's a good record. It's a good record. They had a guy named Scott Priest on drums at yeah. that point. Uh, there was a track called Unique, mm-hmm. uh, a track called Dead Men Walking, and Dead a Man track Walk called is a This Is track. Not the Real World. Those three stood out for me on the album. Wow, There's a great YouTube clip I came across last night of them playing at a some festival in like I think it's Germany or something, and uh, it's from that tour. And there's like a hundred people at the festival. There's like nobody there. You know what's they're another, playing in the uh, middle of the afternoon. You know what's another thing that they did a guy that GBH uh, they did a lot. Of, they did a lot of covers. Yeah, they did a lot, a of, lot covers. of cover songs. Yeah, they love covers. Yeah, they covered the Stooges. A lot of bands did yeah, that back then in that generation. But uh, GBH, you know, always. Always did a cover song. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of bands that can do a cover song and make it their own. Yep. Okay. And you know, I mean, Joe and Jack kind of made a career of it, which I think I kind of don't like about her. I wish, you know, but, but, I, but I think that's an extreme because I think she did too many covers. But, but as far as cover people covering songs, I think it's always good if you could do something. The Ramones were good at it. When the Ramones covered a song, it made it their own. Their own, you yeah. know, like yeah. California Sun and stuff exactly. like that. You know, always stood out. Uh, needles and pins like that. You know, 
Um, it would be seven more years before they would come out with it. Yeah, why did that take so long? I, you know, I think it was just life. You know, I mean, they got families and stuff and, and kids and things like that. Because they're so active to today. Colin, Colin, the lead singer, actually quit drinking at, during that period, too. So I think that might have had a little something to do with it. Yeah, they're older already. Yeah, I mean, I was when researching this show, just looking at some of the clips on YouTube with these guys. They are old now. You know, just looking at them, I'm like, holy shit. You know, and this is a band that I was seeing when I was like 16 years old, you know. When you were a kid. Yeah, you know, now these guys are like. Yeah, they were a lot younger. It's so amazing, right? Even Jerry's old now. Jerry's old as well. Jerry's old. I'm an old dinosaur, man. Yep. Yeah, we love you anyway, Jerry. Momentum would be the album in 2017, and it will be on Hellcat Records. And I bought this when it, it came out, but immediately from Amazon. Yeah, Momentum. Yeah, uh, Birmingham Smiles, that was a track on there. Uh, Population Bomb. They had a song called uh, Us Against the World, and they had a song called 50 What? With a question mark? Yeah. And they, they re- referred uh, yeah, to them being yeah, yeah, in their yeah, yeah. 50s at that point. Exactly. You know? So, like public nuisance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's, that's basically it, Rob, with, with, with GBH. I mean, I, I recommend anybody that's uh, interested in, in that early 80s punk scene, you definitely have to check out GBH. How about the book? You say you were reading yeah, a book about yeah. that. How uh, that Ross, book's Ross Lomas, the, uh, the bass player, is writing a book. Uh, he wrote a book called City Baby. I'm reading it now. Uh, it's fantastic. It's so far, it's really good. I'm about halfway through it. What does he talk it. about? It? Well, he's about talking about his his life, and then he talks about life on the road, on the road with the crazy shit that went on. <laughs> uh, you know, these guys played all over Europe. So okay. they were in Eastern Europe. They saw some crazy things in places like Poland and you know other places in Eastern Europe, Slovakia and stuff like that. You know, you always when bands play those areas, you always hear like crazy stories. Yeah. You know. Uh, I'm looking forward to another album from them. I hope they come out with something soon. I'd like to see them again. It's been a while. It'd be nice to have them. Yeah. If they come again, we'll probably come again. Oh, yeah. Go yeah. see them. Yeah, but even, even, think, you got to be ready for some heavy slamming. Woke up too early. Oh, yeah. I'm not slamming nothing. <laughs> uh, we'll, stay, we'll, we'll crowd surf you. Right up to the, right up to the stage. <laughs> Just easing my way for today. All right, so some upcoming shows I want to talk about. All right. Uh, we got Agnostic Front and Sick of It All playing Kingsland on December 15th. Yeah, don't forget uh, Murphy's Law. When is that Murphy's Law show? It's coming up, right? Yeah. When? When, do you know? This month. I believe November? so. November? At yeah. Kingsland, right? Kingsland. Yeah, okay. 26th. 20, yeah, I think around well, Thanksgiving. Kingsland and Brooklyn? Yeah, it's over in the like, Greenpoint area. Yeah. Um, November 27th got something good going on at the Bowery Electric if you like glam rock. Uh, it's called Glam Damn It, and it's an occasional show that they do there. And they have, there's a cover band called Michael T and the Vanities, and they do all like Bowie. I remember T-Rex. Michael T, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they do a good job yeah. with that. You know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's a good DJ there playing all the music, yeah. and then they're playing if you like that kind of stuff. January 16, you got The Attics at Gramercy. That's a, a big show I will be at for sure. Gramercy's um, a great place to see a venue. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it there. I was there several times recently most recently about four years ago i saw uh, michael monroe from hanoi rocks he was great um went to a show friday night i was uh audriana's band broken time machine oh where did they play they played kgb's on fourth street and uh it was also scotty clown shout out to him it was his birthday friday uh started here 
uh, five o'clock. Yeah, with tater tots. Yeah, we'd, he had brought free tater tots for everybody, and that was good. We were picking out on that and just getting drunk. Um, I bounced around a little bit after that, but then I met these guys over at uh, KGB's around 9, 9.30. And uh, her band was fucking great. I really liked them. Um, her voice was fantastic, about as best as I've ever heard her sound. Um, I was talking to her yesterday, and she's saying that um, they're going to be recording like three tracks coming up soon. And uh, she was asking me, you know, what, what cover should we do? You know, and I'm like, you got to do House of the Rising Sun because she does that fantastic. Yeah. Any, any of them are good. Um, one track that she did, I think it was the first time I ever heard her do it, was called uh, Long Black Veil, the old country song that yeah. like Johnny Cash does. Oh, yeah. And everything like that. Um, they did it fantastic. I was like surprised to even hear it. Um, good show. If you have a chance, see Broken I also Time Machine. I went on the show. I went and saw um, the East, East River Bandits East at River uh, Bandits. 11th Street, and they, right. they play a great show. Yeah, Eleven right. Street Bar. They they got a very unique sound. It's almost it's like a rock country almost. Which yeah, is pretty unique. And yeah. um, we're gonna have him on the show right. soon. I think. Right, we're, we're doing we're doing another Rocker Mike and Rob presents tomorrow. So you guys will see a show uh, with Rob, uh, the singer from the East River Bandits. We're gonna interview him, talk about his influences, his life in Texas, and yeah. all that shit. He how was he, a football player too. How right? How we got to oh, how yeah. we got to. How he got to be a bartender and a singer. And singer. You know? yeah, he bartends it at uh, 7B, in case you're all wondering. Yeah. Um, another thing I talk about a little bit, and I think we're going to talk about this more on the upcoming conspiracy show, but I saw the Joker movie yesterday. Oh, man. All right? <laughs> it's and, a fucked up movie. And, yeah, and I definitely got to say, it's fucked up, disturbing, and worth seeing, and Joaquin Phoenix made a performance of his career right there. Yeah, he was great in the Johnny Cash movie, but this some is people like, were so disturbed by the movie they wind up leaving the middle of it. That's you know what? I, I I wouldn't walk out, but I was actually disturbed enough to realize I was disturbed. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait a minute, this is really fucked up because, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for people, but I'll just say this: is is there's like this fine line between sanity and insanity, all right? And we see crazy people on the street every day now especially a lot of mentally ill people oh, and this kind of thing that happens in Joker I swear to God could happen here wait till de Blasio let all the people out from Riker right. to go into yeah. fucking yeah. Hamilton there's, there's, today. A, there's, a, there's a bad mix hurry, hurry this shit up I need to meet de Blasio <laughs> we go to Hamilton mm-hmm. well how the hell did this shit with the Mets ticket come up <laughs> yeah they're now giving right they're giving Mets tickets away to people so you know that just don't go to so Mets game because you so might you, get robbed if you have, or if you have <laughs> No, you have a court date, so they give you tickets to make sure you go. I don't get it. Anyway, off topic here. That's fucking funny. Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. You know, that's all I got for you today, man. Man, be a short show. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's about probably thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, how can people um, get in contact with you? Okay, you can find me on Instagram, Rocker Mike Two One Two, Twitter, Rocker Mike Three. And Facebook on the Michael Baker. That's me. And Jerry, the worst monk in history. How could they get in touch with you? On Facebook. Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. What do you have? Uh, Instagram. What's the name on Instagram? What's the name on Instagram? Okay. Uh, Jerry Lobson Smiley. Lobson Smiley. L O B S. Same on Facebook. I think you are right. Yeah, on Facebook. But Facebook, you changed your name. Oh, you did. Lobson Dawa. Dawa. Yeah, that's my monk's name. That's L O B S A N G. Love song, 
That one. If you see a guy dressed in a monk suit, that's him. Dressed in a monk suit and drinking a beer. Oh, no, no. And me, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, any social media event, or the bar stool down your block. That's pretty much where you can find me. And people, have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. And remember, 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 don't get drunk. drunk. Get Get lumped lumped up. up. Get lumped up. Yeah, man.